G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. One of those things that sometimes holds us back from opening a conversation about Christian faith is the fear that we might be rejected. But there may be some good reasons why things might be changing. Some good news. New research shows that four in five Australians are open to a spiritual conversation that may involve views other than their own. Well, recent research conducted by McCrindle Research on behalf of Alpha Australia surveyed a 1,000 Australian adults and found that four in ten Australians were either extremely or very open to exploring different faiths and spiritual views. Well, the Alpha course is known around the world. Millions of people have attended Alpha to explore the Christian faith in a safe and welcoming setting. And even with recent reports of Christianity in decline in Australia, Alpha Australia has seen over 500,000 attending since it launched. Well, our special privilege today to welcome to 2020, Melinda Dwight, who is the National Director of Alpha Australia. Melinda, a special welcome along to 2020. Oh, thanks, Neil. It's a great privilege to be here. Melinda, you have been at the helm of Alpha Australia now for almost 10 years. You must have seen a lot of changes over the last decade. I have, Neil. Time goes fast when you're having fun, doesn't it? It does. I expected to be there for about a year and, you know, then got absolutely um, enamoured by the concept of evangelism and serving the church in evangelisation across Australia. And so seen a lot of changes, seeing a few new resources um, in terms of the Alpha film series. We love Nikki Gumbel, but of course um, we've updated the resources quite a bit. Now, you know, 30, 30 minute, 25 to 30 minute resources. We've added in Alpha Youth. We've been involved in Alpha Online. We've made sure that all of our resources, all of our training, all of our support is free because we want to serve the church. So there's been quite a lot of changes over the years, yeah. And you'd like to work with basically every church in Australia and I'm always astounded by the numbers because if you take a little moment and reflect on what the numbers mean, there's something like 13,000 churches in Australia and that may even be a conservative estimate because there's an awful lot of churches that meet in people's homes and they're not necessarily aligned with the denomination but there's a huge number of churches in Australia and uh, Alpha really is so flexible, could fit in with every one of them. Is that the case? Yeah, I think there's about 13,000 churches. It depends how people, you know, um, count their denominations and parishes and then also, of course, the rise of home churches, which in the last year has been quite enormous. But, yeah, we absolutely want to serve every one of those churches, particularly the churches that are interested in evangelism and being outward-focused. So, um, and we have a spread. Alpha is the gospel that pretty much every church um, agrees on. So, you know, the biggest take-up of Alpha in the last couple of years has been um, by the Catholic Church and by Hillsong and the Pentecostals. So, you know, obviously they're not totally similar 
in some of their style and methodology, but in the foundation of the faith and the gospel. We all agree on 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 who Jesus is and the Bible and prayer. Um, and those fundamentals that really matter. Good to reflect even early in a conversation like this that you can structure your Alpha course to fit into all sorts of different denominations. And uh, when you mentioned, you know, uh, uh, Hillsong, uh, Pentecostals on one side and then the Catholic Church on the other, because is it the case that for many years the Catholics were resistant to the idea of an Alpha course, but that's changed and now there's a big uptake? Is that the way it works? Um, the Catholic Church has been wonderful over the last few years as we've, as we've served them. There's certainly been a huge emphasis on um, the mission of evangelization. Um, you know, the gospel or the charisma um, has been really important. And so the, um, you know, International Office for Evangelization has approved Alpha as a resource for the Catholic Church. And since there are 5 million people in Australia that say they're Catholic and less than a million go to Mass, then if we can reach the people who feel safest exploring faith within a Catholic context, that's a great thing. So whenever people are advertising their alpha and, and saying, you know, would you like to come along, you'll often get people say, oh, yes, but I'm, and they'll name a denomination, um, which probably has been a, a family of origin um, denomination. And if you say, oh, yes, well, Alpha's approved by, you know, the Orthodox Church or the Catholic Church or the Anglican Church or the Baptist Church, it makes people feel confident. And Australians love it that there's something that we all agree on, that it's not, um, you know, that we're not we're not just focusing on what we, we differ on, but we're actually focusing on what we are for and what matters to us all. And in, a, in essence here, uh, there is a sense, isn't there, that uh, no matter what denomination you're coming from, the similar sort of issues of faith and belief I mean, sometimes we have different worship practices. Uh, that's a little bit separate to faith and belief, but Alpha covers those really foundational things and uh, so really appropriate for anyone who's exploring faith. It really is. Going back to first principles um, and saying let's look at it, it's also very appropriate for people who are exploring faith from different cultures so that our biggest um, request for languages is Farsi and people who are coming from perhaps uh, you know Iraq or Iran or Muslim countries are saying I've come to a country that has a Christian foundation so I need to explore you know what those issues are and what those faith issues are so it's really open to people from all different places who say yes I'd like to have some food build community watch a talk and have a safe place to discuss the questions that I have. Well, what a, an amazing dimension you are opening up here because so many of us will have neighbours uh, that come from a different ethnic foundation, different backgrounds, different cultures. Uh, this idea that people coming from a different culture might well be interested in exploring Christian faith because uh, those who are coming here will see Australia as having those Christian foundations and even some seeing it as a Christian nation. And so it creates an opportunity for people, anyone you know, who's not of uh, the sort of, you know, Caucasian, uh, Anglo-Irish descent, there's a certain sense in which everyone can be embraced by the sorts of things you'll talk about in Alpha. Has this been an opportunity you've seen exploited by a bunch of people? <laughs> I think, um, you know, certainly Alpha has served people in, you know, detention centres and people who are asylum seekers and people who are saying... Um, how can we learn English? How can we understand the culture here? Um, and the essence of Alpha is you belong. 
before you believe, before you behave. And so it's that invitation to belonging, which again is going back to the Gospels, to Jesus' first principles, where he went out of his way to include um, lepers and women and Samaritans and people, tax collectors, people who were not necessarily the mainstream of his day. He said, you know, how can we have conversations? How can I come to your place for dinner? And so it's that same principle of how can we gather together and about the things you know in Australia you you know people at the pub aren't necessarily um, talking about faith-based issues um, but they want to where else can they talk about them so Alpha provides that safe place and a place of respect for people of diversity diversity of views diversity of backgrounds um, diversity of you know economic conditions it's a it's a great thing to gather together and and just share food together and get to know each other Well, what a wonderful way to be able to reflect on how Australians actually connect with the Christian church because when you say belonging before you believe, some people will be thinking, oh, I thought you were supposed to believe before you belong. But this is where you've got this interim place, uh, talking about our home, our living room, uh, sitting around together, friends enjoying hospitality Mm -hmm. and just loving one another's company. This is the sort of thing that you have been so famous for at Alpha Australia now for a long time is this this idea of creating that go-between situation. Yeah, I think there's been a context, particularly probably in religion, where, you know, if you behave like we do, if you have the same um, type of behaviour and you understand the same liturgy, you understand the, 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 um, you know, the the appropriate way of behaving, then we might let you... um, believe you know and if you believe what we do then there's a belonging so you're you're kind of gradually getting accepted the concept of alpha is you belong we give you an invitation everybody is welcome every question is welcome um you know we 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 just want to gather and and connect with you and so i think there's that sense in 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 australians from wherever we come from um that we're looking for community that we're looking for belonging. You know, the average Australian um, prior to COVID was moving every five or six years. So the number one reason people were joining churches anyway was because they moved into the area. So the concept of belonging is so um, integral to our humanity. Um, And so gathering together and saying, yeah, you belong. The invitation into community, which is really the community of love based on the love of Jesus. Let's talk about another one of your goals, Melinda. We talked about, uh, you know, serving all mm-hmm. of those 13,000-odd churches in Australia, but mm-hmm. uh, another goal there to see a million alpha stories as Australians are given the opportunity to explore life, faith, and God. A million, that's a big goal because uh, <laughs> I mentioned you'd, you'd hit the 500,000 goal, uh, but a million, that's doubling that, isn't it? Yeah, it is, Neil. Thanks for mentioning that. You know, um, part of that is tracking it. So we think we're just over 600,000 now, which is fantastic. So we give all of our resources, we do everything we can to serve freely, but we do ask that people register um, on our website, alpha.org.au, and just say, yeah, I'm starting an alpha. That's the only way that we can um, make sure that we're counting those numbers. So if we've done 600,000 in Australia, we've done our research this serves the Australian community um, and it serves Australian churches. And our goal this year is to see 100,000 participants, which is a fairly audacious goal. But, you know, each person matters. 
and I don't want to, you know, to stand before God and hear, well, I could have told one more person. So the A Million Alpha Stories is a million people because each person matters to God. They matter to us. And so how can we keep including people in that journey of exploration of faith? This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our talkback line open 1-800-316-316 and you can respond to that Facebook question today. Which generation do you think is most open to having a conversation about spirituality? Our special guest is Melinda Dwight. She's National Director of Alpha Australia. Melinda, let's take a call. Uh, We'll take a call from Tiggy, who is in WA. Hello, Tiggy. Welcome. Oh, hi. How are you? Very well, Tiggy. What are your thoughts for our conversation today? I just, uh, uh, about Alpha, which is I'm happy to have a lot of, uh, which is chart in Australia, my background, I just came from a really Christian country. But what I just say, what they use to have a lot of church, and uh, you have a lot of church everywhere, but what the, they, there is no love, what's the point to have a church? Okay, great question. Melinda, uh, lots of churches everywhere and throughout country towns, everyone will know there's lots and lots of churches uh, throughout cities, lots of churches. Uh, Tiggy's question about a lack of love in the church. What are your thoughts for her? Oh, Tiggy, I'm sorry that that's been your experience. Unfortunately, I'm the church. Neil's the church. We're all the church. And so, you know, it's up to us to start with showing love, isn't it? You know, as we as we receive Jesus' love, then hopefully we'll be able to give that to others. And so, Tiggy, it sounds like you've had some bad experiences in churches i would i would hope that not every church just like not every person has a lack of love we're all seeking to do our best um and to become more like more like jesus tiggy while no, i've got I'm you gonna, uh, sorry i'm just i, I was uh, i was united states and i was uh, i was california i was in new york and then when I just enter the church, how love they give us. But when I just, I, I changed here, four or five church, and then I found one church, of course, yes, it's good, I'm happy for my kids. I would just connect with them, I say, I don't care about, they love me, I don't care, the, the pastor, they didn't talk to me, I don't care, whatever, but I'm just connected with my God. But what I just say, when you go, even when you have a problem, our church, which is church, you know, church, the main thing, the pastor, all the main things he has to teach are love. Love means God. There's no love, and then you just, you want to feel the people for the church, there's no love. There's no, love each other, you know, encourage each other, support each other. If you have a problem, you need to mm. help those people. You need to just, there's no four or five church I went, there's nothing. Example, I'll give you my friends, have a lot of problems. I say, why don't you call the pastor? And then, no, the pastor, he don't have the time to come this, to just uh, pray for mm-hmm. you. So what I just say, of course, God, he say, you, well, I am a church. I have a spirit. I, I just mm-hmm. I do my house. What I just say now, I just sit down my house. I pray for my God is going to enter my house. That's what I decide now. Better I sit down and then I'll just Tiggy, I emotion. think you are making some wonderful points here. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I know you're being critical. And I'm really like Melinda, very sorry that you haven't had 
an amazingly good experience in church. But what I love about you calling in and being so open is that you're describing something I think is a really, really challenging thing, and that is that sometimes in church life, uh, we're going along to church, going through the motions, and we haven't got time for those deeper relational Uh, loving aspects that ought to happen in the community of church life. And uh, Melinda, I wonder whether you might have a, you know, a topping off comment about that, because sometimes we just are so busy, we haven't got time for one another, and church becomes something like a duty. What are your thoughts along those lines? Well, I think what a great thing that Tiggy's friends have a friend like her. And Tiggy, you're Jesus to them, and, you know, you're able to pray, I mean, one of the things we talk about on Alpha all the time is that, you know, each one of us, when we've received Jesus into our lives, we're able to pray for people and we're able to show that love to others. And what a great thing to you that they have a friend like you who is able to pray with them and share with them. And one of the things that, you know, COVID has taught us is the importance of those relationships, isn't it? It's not about institutions or um, it's about the relationships with each other. And, you know, I'd love to put the challenge out to you. Find an alpha near you and let me know if they're friendly because when you join and when you're part of it, then you're building that community. And mostly alpha is not run by professionals because, as we all know, ministers are very, very overworked. Um, It's run by people like you and I who go, okay, how can we pray with each other? How can we support each other? Um, And how can we be Jesus to the people in our neighbourhood and friends? So keep on praying, Tiggy, because it really matters. Tiggy, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. That may be your common experience. Uh, You might like to even reflect your own experience. You might have a a contrasting experience of just how wonderful it is in church life when you have that wonderful relational community and uh, people are loving one another. 1-800-316-316. You can also respond to our Facebook question today asking which generation do you think is most open to having a conversation about spirituality? Let's move along those lines, Melinda. Younger generations are... Uh, most open? Is this what the research shows? When I introduced our segment today, we (laughs) talked about some research. What was the research showing about who's open to a conversation about spirituality? Yeah, it, it basically says the younger that you are, the more open you are to spirituality. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. But one of them is that as our society is becoming increasingly secular, parents are saying, oh, I'm going to let the kids choose for themselves. So many young people today are growing up with absolutely no um, spiritual framework in terms of the Christian faith. You know, they haven't, they haven't been to church. You know, they haven't been certainly to Sunday school. They haven't had any religious education or very little. And so they're really open to spirituality as they're exploring in this season their mental health. And that's become way more acceptable to talk about our physical health, our emotional health, our mental health. People are also saying, well, I need to think about my spiritual health. And, you know, how do I how do I talk to people about that? And where do I talk to people about that? You know, some of our previous research talks about the fact that 70% of Australians, when privately surveyed, say they pray. So we have a situation where people are increasingly, you know, crying out to God, saying, God, help me. Um, but they don't necessarily have that opportunity to have a spiritual conversation. 
So, yeah, it's really interesting to think the younger generation may be more immune um, to that, but the truth is they're more spiritually hungry today than ever before. How about we talk about the contrast here perhaps to older generations as well? If we've got young people who are most open, what about the older generations? What was the research showing? (laughs) Um, Older generations, you know, are not quite so open to a spiritual conversation, mostly because they have their own religious views. So if you think about uh, people at the moment in retirement villages or whatever, they have some sort of Christian history. They generally have, you know, um, either come up through a, church, a school where they had some religious education or a church school, you know, they were confirmed, baptised, christened, whatever the context was. And so they feel like they have a, a religious framework. Um, it used to be when I first started with Alpha that we said the, um, you know, the, the um, generation, the builders and the boomers, that used to take four to six connections for them to come to faith because they already had a faith basis. We're saying that today's generation takes 12 plus connections to come to faith because they have no framework. So every time you and I talk about, you know, the fact that we that um, we had this challenge in our life and we prayed, or if we give someone a book about faith or we invite them along to Christmas or Easter, we are moving them around the clock face of faith, the analog clock of, you know, those 12 different sections, 12 plus connections for people to come to faith. And so I think that's why the younger generation are more open, but it's also going to take a bit of a longer journey because they have no frame of reference. I'm always inspired by that idea of a clock and uh, 12 connections. And, uh, you know, there's no one who can ever tell you that 12 is the magic number, but all of those connections, they seem to add up. They seem to compound. And if someone has an exposure to the gospel message, Christian faith, uh, that level of hospitality that we're going to be talking some more about too that happens in the lounge room uh, when you're running an alpha course, these sorts of things, they compound together. And and uh, 12 connections, and people are often making those sorts of life-changing decisions. Uh, if you might have someone come through uh, your living room running an alpha course and they may well walk away and even a little disturbed uh, and arguing about issues but that that counts as a connection too doesn't it Melinda? Very much so Um, when we talk about those a million alpha stories many of those stories are multiple connections where they might go to um, a couple of weeks of alpha and then drop out because oh this was too much or I'm a bit overwhelmed or I've never thought about these issues Sometimes people will go to three or four different alphas um, because that becomes a part of their spiritual journey. So it was interesting, I was talking to this um, lawyer recently, he's a legal partner, and they run alpha in their legal offices at lunchtime. He doesn't go because he's a boss, he just facilitates it so it's not, it's not too difficult for everyone. And I said, well, tell me your story. He said, well, I went to um, alpha at a Baptist church and he said, my wife maybe go along and I went and I had the dinner and they said, we won't pressure you. And he said, so I didn't go back again and they didn't pressure me. And he said, that was just amazing to me, someone who did what they said. And then a couple of years later, I went to a Pentecostal church, you know, uh, again, I sort of had a dinner, you know, I, I, I heard another week of Alpha and again, you know, I waited to see what would happen and they didn't pressure me. And he said, in the end, I, I ended up going to a another branch of the church, even church and he said I, I um, did the whole of Alpha and I came to faith and you know that was 10 years ago 
And, you know, I've been, been following Jesus ever since. But he said that was a three-year journey of building trust, of, of finding out who people were. It's often a journey. We're going to break and go to news. Melinda Dwight is the National Director of Alpha Australia. Melinda, before we go any further, why don't we take another call? Alison is on the line from Adelaide in South Australia. Alison, welcome along. What are your thoughts? Thank you. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. And yes, my husband and I, we were ministers and missionaries for almost five decades until he passed away um, a couple of years ago. And um, we used the Alpha course in our churches. Uh, was not in Adelaide. It was um, country churches. Yep. But uh, we found them very, very good. But what I want to um, say is I think this generation, the me generation, has become rather impersonal within the church. Um, what I've found, distressingly, um, James one twenty seven says, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. And uh, I, have, I have to say that, um, you know, it's, it's not supposed to be all the widows getting together to comfort one another. It, <laughs> Just, I've, I've just found the church does not reach out. Like even when my husband was passing, was dying in the hospital and I rang for a pastor to come, nobody came. Um, you know, you go to church and people say, hello, how are you? Well, that's not caring for widows and orphans. Um, Alison, yeah. all sorts of mm. times when that pastoral care might break down in many churches and mm. not all churches have a wonderfully efficient pastoral care program and you're highlighting that too. Just interested in Alison's thoughts here and bring you in on this, Melinda, this idea that mm. there is a me generation and uh, it is a little impersonal. And we might all relate a lot to that. And uh, and Alpha has got all sorts of ways that you can try and address that too with Zoom courses and uh, all sorts of online opportunities to participate in Alpha. And even when we talk about pastoral care, sometimes it could be an online pastoral care catch-up uh, that can make that difference. But what are your thoughts for Alison? Alison, thank you. Thank you for 50 decades of missionary service. You know, that I'm sure has borne much fruit and been so important to so many people and I'm sorry that that happened with your husband. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, he was welcomed on the other side into eternity and what a wonderful thing to be absent from this body and present with the Lord. And so we just honour him today. Um, I, I think it's increasingly a secular generation. When Alpha first started, we would do these kind of lovely dinners with silver service and all of those sort of things. And we don't do that today because what we realize is this generation rarely gets to sit around a family table. Um, you know, the communal table for them is a cafe where they're all on their devices and they don't know anyone else at the table. So that introduction and welcome to actually eat with someone is, um, is a first step for a lot of young people that can be a little bit daunting, but it's so important because we were made with connection. Like, like you rightly know, Alison, it's our responsibility to go to, um, to people and to invite them into community and to see how we can care for them. And so Alpha is, you know, run at lots of different cafes and community centers where we can do that. But if we just take a, 
a step back even before that. I've got a group of people that I'm meeting with um, that don't know Jesus yet. And, you know, I'd been meeting with them for quite a while. And, you know, I got a bit tired of the fact that they didn't seem as interested in God and faith and, and community, church, Christian community, as I like them to be. And I, I just felt this prompting from God that I might be the only person in the world praying for them. And what an incredible responsibility and privilege that is. And so I think before even we invite people or before we even um, invite them, you know, into community or we connect them, we just need to, we need to pray. Nothing on earth happens except through prayer. And, you know, I, I encourage people to write down three people they think might be open to a spiritual conversation, might be open to come to Alpha. Three people they know will never come to Alpha because of the way thoughts they've expressed and three people they don't really have a clue. Perhaps they, they nod at them when they pick up their coffee, but it's not a really strong connection. And then I say, you know, pray for all nine of them and ask God to give you an opportunity to invite each of them in a different way. It might be a text message or a, a little note or whatever. But, you know, Alison, as, as, as we get older, our most important responsibility is how do we pray for people, isn't it? How do we pray for the people in our street? How do we pray for the people in our community? How do we pray for the people in our world? And then work with the Holy Spirit, who is already at work, like like there's a picture in the Bible of this guy, Philip, and an Ethiopian. Philip leaves the crowd, goes to a lonely road at, mid, at midday, and it's hot and it's dusty, but he's there to walk alongside someone who is already reading the Scriptures. And so we're, we're people who pray and believe for that opportunity to walk alongside and to help people in their journey. Alison, thank you so much for your call. Valuable insight. And our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. A little bit of a thread there developing in some of the lack of pastoral care that can happen in church life and Mm -hmm. an inattentiveness. And perhaps even Mm -hmm. uh, those who are at the older end of life uh, are finding sometimes that pastoral care is lacking for the elderly. And I had some conversations Mm -hmm. of recent times talking about a sort of ageism that can happen in church life too where we need to be very mindful that there are people who are at that elderly level that need our pastoral care and sometimes it's easy to think that it's only the young that we focus on uh, and not the elderly but there's of course going to be horses for courses and the need for looking after all of those different parts of the spectrum right throughout uh, the people who are living and part of our church life in fact somebody said he um, uh, Michael responded to our question today. The question I'm asking for our Facebook question, which generation do you think is most open to having a conversation about spirituality? Michael replied and said, the older generation, because they're closer to D-Day. <laughs> and uh, there is a sense here, I don't know whether your research went this far, but uh, people who are quite old or people who've got a diagnosis uh, which might be a terminal thing uh, are very open to faith and there is a certain sense in which that care and that friendship development that hospitality is just as necessary at that older time a thought or two here melinda fantastic i agree you know i'm increasingly um interested in older people as i become one um you know, I'm next week I'm gathering um, with a lady. Her and her husband have been in ministry, like Alison, for a long time. Um, and they've moved into a retirement village. And so I'm going to talk to that retirement village about running Alpha in the retirement village, which is, again, increasingly um, 
area of opportunity um, because most of them have rooms that they're happy to make available. Most of them are happy to provide tea and coffee and some kind of you know, scone or, or food or something because they're looking for people to be engaged in activity. Um, and Alpha is something that, you know, we're happy to help you run. It's it's fairly easy. It's all about, you know, having some food together, watching a talk and then saying, what does everybody else think? Um, and again, retirement villages are, are a great opportunity to do that. You know, maybe Alison, you might want to consider it or, or Tiggy, where you're able to gather people who do have some frame of reference and exactly as you said, Neil, are increasingly interested in the things that matter. As they start to face eternity, those um, dreams and those conversations and those prayers they prayed when they were young come back with, um, with great depth and strength. And, you know, we need to help people come to faith at every age level. Taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Steve in Warrnambool in Victoria. Hi, Steve. Welcome along. Hi, thanks for having me. What are your thoughts? Um, oh, listen, I've been involved in a, a couple of different churches in town, and yeah, there are some churches that um, I've, I'm talking over a period of 35 years. But the church that I'm with now is just the most amazing bunch of people, um, and I'd, I'd like to say that um, my experience of church has been up and down over the years, but the pastoral care and the attention that I get from where I am now is amazing. And the hardest thing over last year I found was trying to connect with people during lockdown. Mm. And, and it, was a, it was quite a difficult thing because I live just outside in a, in a very small little uh, country town. But um, knowing that people are still caring through text messages through Facebook, through um, different things is just amazing. Um, and my experience of uh, Alpha over the years has been unbelievable. Um, I've seen a, quite a few friends come to Christ through Alpha because it is that non-confrontational, safe environment that is provided. And, um, yeah, I just want to commend the local church because that's... That's the most important thing in our life is is um, our relationship with Christ and and not forsaking getting together with the saints and even during the lockdown period um, there were other ways and means that we could do that that we hadn't even thought of before and we can continue to do that. A time to get creative, isn't it, when there are lockdowns? And I don't think we're at the end of lockdowns yet. I think there are still some more to come. But, Steve, uh, wonderful to hear from you. Well, give us, give a, a free plug to your church in Warrnambool in case uh, other listeners in Warrnambool are, are uh, wondering which church you're talking about. Steve, which is your church? Yeah, it's Gateway Church of Christ in Warrnambool. Um, the leadership team and the... Um, supporting team are just magnificent there um, yeah and and I know it's a really healthy church when you've got people that are in their early teens serving right through to in their 80s and you know, probably 80s I'd say serving on a weekly basis in the church there's a place for everybody and it's um, yeah it's it's an amazing place to be
Gateway Church of Christ. Steve, great hearing from you. A a quick thought or two here from Melinda, uh, because uh, Mm -hmm. as Steve says, when there has been those lockdown times, uh, what happens online is important and uh, and people can access Alpha Mm. online and on Zoom conferences. Uh, What are your thoughts for for Steve here and uh, and perhaps uh, uh, enforcing, uh, reinforcing those sorts of thoughts he's had? That's great, Steve. I really appreciate that. You know, I went through lockdown, you know, in Melbourne so that, you know, it felt like, you know, 806 days of lockdown um, with curfews and all of that. And we were surprised, um, you know, we tried Alpha Online a few years ago and I thought, I'm just not sure about, you know, how well that will work. We had 40-something thousand people do Alpha Online last year and, you know, a significant number doing it this year. People feel safer in their homes. People felt like they could, um, you know, people could could connect who perhaps hadn't been able to go to church for all sorts of reasons to do with um, their health. People who couldn't get out of the house perhaps because their kids were too young or whatever. Um, and so Alpha Online became a great place for people. They got their own food, so all dietary requirements were covered. They watched a talk together. They chatted to people. Um, and then there was that connection afterwards. And then... You know, they felt safe in their homes to pray, come Holy Spirit, and he did. And people felt safe to ask any questions. They felt safe that, you know, some people even watched without video to begin with. You know, they'd switch themselves off video or switch themselves off audio. They had total control. So it's a way that we can go to community um, in people's homes and create community, which is great, and then people, you know, have pop-ups or lunches or adventure playground gatherings depending on their age brackets or, you know, hey, we're all meeting for brunch and then we're going to church together and you can sit with us. It's been a great way of of creating community wherever people are. People who thought that the um, roof might fall in if they came to church were able to do it at home and realise the roof didn't fall in and that people of faith are much nicer than they thought they were. So well done, Steve, for champion how important community and care is in whatever way we can do it steve thank you so much for your call let's take another call melanie is in springhurst in victoria hi melanie welcome yeah thank you i just have a um question i've had a chance to um been asking a friend for a few years to, to come to alpha at a physical location at a church and she's never um taken up that opportunity the start of this year, she actually rang me and said, you know, that, that also thing, I think I'm ready um, to do that mm. now. Um, and so we've actually just started doing it one-on-one because um, the church that I'm with doesn't have an Alpha course happening this, this time. Um, so just wondering your thoughts on, you know, doing Alpha just personally with someone rather than doing it in a group setting. Wonderful, Melanie. Uh, your thoughts, Melinda? Melanie, I love that. Um, I've done it. And Alpha is made to be able to be run on a laptop where we're sitting together and having our coffee and muffin and we watch it and we go, what do you think? So, yeah, doing it one-on-one is fantastic. Doing it over Zoom is the same. You know, it's that much more personal connection, which is great. Um, and, you know, being able to pray with each other. So I love it. My dad, who's 87, loves going walking. And, you know, he's got this guy near his place he invited back to uh, watch a movie. And um, the guy, when he got back to his place, didn't realize that Alpha was a movie. And so, you know, they had some food and watched it and chatted. And that's always been the essence of faith, isn't it? Being able to share one-on-one, that each person matters. So, Melanie, well done for being a great, fantastic friend um, and caring enough to do that. 
Melanie, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. There may be time for another call or two, but let's come back to, Melinda, Mm -hmm. this idea that people fear rejection and the idea that we're reluctant to invite people maybe to our local Mm -hmm. church. And maybe it's because uh, sometimes we feel like there are inadequacies in our local church. And, you know, if everybody was just a little bit better, I'd be happy to invite (laughs) them. But, uh, you know, it's pretty hard finding the perfect church. But this idea of fear of rejection, Rejection. What are your thoughts yeah. for that? That you, you, we can sometimes feel that. I think that's um, our research says that's the number one reason people don't invite. So you know, one in four Australians are open to an invitation to church. Research says, and one in four would consider it. So nine. The, the reason we don't invite is fear of rejection. Um, but if we think about it, there's probably some stuff in our theology, particularly following Easter that says there may be some rejection in faith and there may be someone that we follow who faced rejection. Um, and so perhaps it's a spiritual win if we feel that sense of rejection. But I always say to people, the main thing to do is you invite someone to Alpha or to church in the same way. Would you like to come to Alpha? And then be quiet. Number two is harder than number one. You just say, would you like to come to Alpha? And then you be quiet because you you leave time for that person to share what's going on in their own life. We're all, they're all on a journey. You know, where are they in their journey of faith? They may ask questions about Alpha. They may say, oh, no, I'm not ready for that. They may say, oh, yes. And so if someone says yes, you say, great, I'll pick you up, shall I? And we'll go together. If someone says no, you just say, no worries. We run these all the time. Like Melanie said, she kept on asking until her friend actually asked her. So if they say no, you just say, we run this again, we'll let you know. If they say, I'm not sure, you just say, no worries. If you've got any questions about it, let me know. I think we're all a little scared that they might ask us questions that we don't know how to answer. Now, I've been following Jesus for decades, um, and I have unanswered questions. So we don't have to have all the answers to come to faith or even explore faith. In fact, if someone asks you a question you you can't answer, you go, Wow, that's a great question. Why don't we go together and ask it? And let's find out what everybody else thinks. So I think setting yourself to pray and then to decide to invite is moving them around the clock face of faith and the invitation is the win. Melinda, we were talking about different generations and which ones are most open. We discovered that younger generations are perhaps the most open, except for those maybe at the end of their life. If you've got some sort of a dreadful diagnosis and uh, and you're on your deathbed, you're very open to issues of faith. But what about men and women? Uh, who's most open here, men or women? Well, it's interesting with with spiritual conversations and conversions. Most people would say, uh, middle-aged men, and certainly that's our research, are probably um, the most um, difficult in terms of faith. Um, they, you know, f- for whatever reason, they need to take a bit longer in the journey. I guess it's like buying a car. If you say to them, here's a car, do you want to buy it? They want to think about it. They want to take time. They want to find out the stats, do the research. And it's the same with faith. If, if they're in a church service or they're in a situation where someone says, would you like to commit your whole life to Jesus? They're like, well, this is the first time I've worked out that he's the son of God. So they just need a bit more time. So Alpha is written by a lawyer who's also a minister, Nikki Gumbel, and the aim of it is 
to build the knowledge of the gospel and to build trust in people of faith so that people come to a point at which they are ready to respond to a question about Jesus coming into their lives. And so I think um, in our society, we've become so um, fast-paced and so interested in quick solutions. Alpha is not a quick, fast-paced solution. It's a relational journey where we build the trust. And and again, you will find if you have a a middle-aged man who you have been on the journey with, you will find them very, very likely to come to faith in Alpha. When I was pastoring a church, that was my surprise, that how many men came to faith um, doing Alpha because the logic and the um, the uh, the information they were given and the trust they were able to build was significant for them to be able to take that step of faith. You mentioned Nikki Gumbel, the founder, mm-hmm. and uh, of course has a legal background and uh, there was a question from one listener wondering about his religious roots, his background there. Of course, uh, from my understanding, an English Anglican priest and uh, an author in the evangelical and charismatic traditions. Is that the way you describe Nicky Gumbel? It is. His family heritage is Jewish, and so they you know, um, escaped and, and he lost a lot of his family um, in World War II. Um, but, yeah, he, he came to faith as a young man um, studying law and then uh, practised as a, as a barrister and then he yeah, became an Anglican minister and is now at a church called Holy Trinity Brompton. Um, and is probably as well known for his writing of a daily devotional for leaders called Bible in One Year um, and his discipling of many, many, many leaders through that resource. Okay, we have run out of time, Melinda, but let me point listeners to how they can find out more detail about Alpha online and uh, to be able to connect, uh, perhaps to find out and get some more questions answered and then find out how they can run Alpha. And it's been so inspiring that some listeners have been impressed with the idea that you don't have to have a big group, but you can do this one-on-one and others who are more interested in that level of hospitality. And of course, if you go through an Alpha course, uh, that's going to be wonderful for your own discipleship with the idea that people in your Alpha course might well run their own at a later date. The website is alpha.org.au, alpha.org.au. And before I let you go, Melinda, uh, while we're talking about alpha in your living room or one-on-one in the office or at a coffee shop, uh, there's all sorts of dimensions. Alpha in prisons, student Mm -hmm. alpha, the marriage course, even a parenting course with alpha. Uh, Mm -hmm. Those sorts of dimensions really open it up to everyone and give that flexibility. Alpha Youth has been taking off. We've seen double the number of people um, young doing that. Also, of course, um, Alpha run by young people in schools. And, of course, our Chinese number of Alpha run in Chinese doubled last year too. So we have Alpha available in lots of different languages. Everything we can to be free, to serve the church in its mission to help people come to faith. Well, out of lockdown... Under lockdown, uh, there's all sorts of dimensions here. And uh, let me point listeners to alpha.org. 
www.ngo.org.au. Melinda Dwight and uh, wonderful goals for the future with more than 500,000 already attended since Alpha's launch in Australia. And uh, the goal for a million and and you want to be a part of all of those 13,000 plus churches that there are all around Australia. Alpha.org.au. Melinda Dwight, National Director of Alpha Australia. Melinda, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil, for inspiring us all. Appreciate the work that you're doing. We're all in it together. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.